You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And together, we're sluts and scholars. Every Thursday, we drop a new episode and probably your pants. Our guests range from Nina Hartley to exes and Dita Von Teese to sexual trauma therapists. So join us weekly to talk smart and fuck smarter. So you've listened to my show. You've gotten to know uh, the people behind the camera and in front of the camera. And you're thinking to yourself, I really want to be able to watch porn in an ethical way. I want to pay for my porn, but I don't want to join just one website where I can only get one brand's type of content or one porn star's type of content. I want to be able to access it all. This is why you should go to hotmovies.com because Hot Movies has everything. They have scenes from all of the biggest porn companies, all of your favorite porn stars. They basically have everything. And if you use code HOLLY, you can get your first 20 minutes for free. So what have you got to lose? Support this industry and also get access to all of the hottest, latest releases at hotmovies.com. And do not forget to use my code HOLLY for 20 minutes free. Today in the studio, we have London River. London is a porn star who started off her career doing some pretty hardcore BDSM scenes. You're going to like, you're going to cringe when you hear the details of some of the scenes that she did. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is because I don't want to give it away. But trust me, it's probably something that you've never heard of before. And it even made me cringe. And it takes a lot to shock me these days. So you definitely don't want to miss this episode. So let's welcome London River to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I have London River in the studio. Hello, London. How are you? I'm amazing. You are amazing. (laughs) You are so amazing. I wasn't meaning like I'm amazing in a narcissistic way. Like I feel amazing because I, you know, made it here. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you come from? Encino, oh, but so, like, so it's not that bad. But like, it got bad. it got actually when it got dodgy was when I was trying to find a place to park because I don't read signs mm. like an adult should. So right. I was like, so I pulled in too early in the parking garage and then ended up like with all of the resident only parking and no way to go up because there's like that earlier turn in and I felt really stupid and that's why I was running like five minutes late. Oh, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> well, it gave me opportunity to like wolf down my Trader Joe's salad, so I was actually happy that you were not. Like, Great. Well, I got lost for time. you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was super <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> so, London, um, you've been in porn for about five years, but you said that three and a half of those years you did nothing but bondage porn. Mm-hmm. And you've only kind of recently started to do what I guess we would call more mainstream porn. Right. So, um, what kind of, when you say you did bondage porn, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? I mean, most of it was for like, uh, most of it was for one company. It was um, insects, and it's like really like extreme bondage and mm-hmm. and and 
corporal I had an boyfriend who was like obsessed with that website. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. it's um it's a it's a, a company that's known to put out some kind of intense things mm-hmm. and um and um put a lot of effort into production and stuff like that. So um so I don't really know why I decided that's where I was going to like jump cuz I'm not a I wasn't a bondage person. Like I hadn't done any bondage in my personal life before I started working for them. Interesting. And I wanted to and so I was on like um a website called like FetLife. It's mm-hmm. like and and I was and people would like send me messages and be like I just think you're so beautiful and I want to tie you up and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, but you might be a serial killer." Yeah. Uh, so. so for those of you who don't know, FetLife is like a networking site for people who are into the fetish mm-hmm. in, in the fetish community. Okay, so go on. Yeah. So so instead of meeting strangers on FetLife, I decided to ask to be a model for insects and mm-hmm. I and that's, I guess, how I got my start. I don't know. So were you, like, intrigued by the idea of doing bondage and you thought that maybe, like, doing it on camera was kind of, like, a safe way to explore that? Or what was your thinking? Um, yeah, that's exactly what my thinking was. And, and I mean, the nice thing is it's not like I'm entering into a relationship with somebody who's ever going to call me. Mm. That sounds shitty, but then so I'm like, I get to do this thing that I want to experience. Yeah, see if I like it, which I thought I would. I was right. like, because you, usually when you have enough of an interest in something, it's because you're going to like it. Right. But like, if I didn't enjoy myself, I was like, I can just not do this again. Right. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about like someone calling you afterwards and being like, Hey, why don't you like me? Do you yeah. like the way I spank to you or whatever? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what that All conversation those complicated, sounds like. Complicated, <laughs> yeah. like human emotions and stuff like that. I get it. You wanted to just experience the sex side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Understood. Exactly. And so what was your first scene like? Um, it was a, it was a rope bondage scene for, um, uh, for like, they have multiple sites and one of their sites is hard tied. It was the rope bondage scene. Um, and I didn't realize how, like, I'm actually physically pretty flexible, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how valuable that was, but it was just gold for them, because I'm sitting there, and they're tying me up with my feet, like, locked behind my head, and yeah. and shit like that, and um, and it was a really intense scene, but, I mean, every everyone, I think when you, everyone was so friendly, mm-hmm. and I will say that, like, even going into more more mainstream porn or whatever, when you get like the bond like companies like insects and kink and you show up on their sets you're you're almost treated like a princess in a way that no other company will ever treat you like mm-hmm. there's somebody following you around with a robe and a bottle of water being like hey do you need anything like how are you doing mm-hmm. because when you're doing horrible horrible things to people you have to be really <laughs> nice to them like you- <laughs> that is 100% the quote that i am using for this interview when you do horrible things to people you have to be nice okay got it <laughs> that is great um I actually was just talking – I just had Goth Charlotte on and uh, we were talking about that as well, how in productions where there's some like acknowledged very hardcore scenarios, especially when it comes to fetish and bondage, mm-hmm. um, how the communication is really important and really respected and how boundaries are really respected right. and consent is something that's a huge, huge topic of conversation. So is that what you experienced? Yeah, that's that's always been my experience where, you know, there's, I mean, you go through checklists of activities and you have safe words and 
there's a there's a lot there's a lot more checking in and and I think for it, it's not that and because bondage I don't think bondage scenes are better than non bondage scenes or anything like that when it comes to consent but because the person can't physically get up and walk away right it be, it's almost more important to make sure and like ask and make sure you're con- getting active consent the whole time right and so you get and and it's a very safe feeling because people are like hey how are you doing you're still okay you're still doing good you're yeah. still having fun <laughs> yeah and, and um yeah so there's a lot more opportunities to just like speak up and say something but right. but again it's because you can't leave yes because any other scene like if if shit's really not going well you can be like and i'm done here yeah, yeah. <laughs> you literally cannot walk away yeah in those scenes mm-hmm. Um, is there any one scene that you did in, you know, those, uh, three and a half years that really stands out to you as like a pretty extreme experience, either in a good way or a bad way? Um, you know, at, at this point there's, there's a difference, um, depending on what company I'm working with, but like with, with insects in particular, I, like I kind of before I go to work with them because because I worked for them as an employee for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, be, like I was I was a PA and I did all of their talent booking and everything. And then okay. I modeled. From so time you to weren't time. so you weren't just a model there. No, I started as just a model, and I was like, I really like you people, and yeah. I think I'm going to move in. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Um, but so at this point, like when I'm booked for something, because I still work. For with them quite a bit, I come up with several ideas that I want to do mm-hmm. or that I want to try. And then we kind of collaborate on how, how to make those things happen. Mm-hmm. So my most intense scenes are always with them. And, um, we did a scene. I think, I think that it just like visually the most intense thing as I was wearing, um, these whiteout contacts. So I couldn't see anything. It just makes the room. It just mm-hmm. makes everything completely white. And um, I did not know that those existed. Oh yeah, they're really they're really fun. It's like having a blindfold that you isn't, can't take yeah. off. Wow, <laughs> that's really interesting. It's really fun. Um, it's a lot of teamwork to get them in. Like people are like, "Oh man, they put them in you," and I'm like, "Well, we we put them in me because because yeah. I had to like hold my eye open and I'm I freak out about my eyes, so I'm sitting there screaming because I'm assuming I, yeah. that you don't wear contacts normally. No, right. <laughs> so, yeah. so so it was it was a process getting them in, but. I couldn't see anything. And then um, we used medical, like, sutures mm-hmm. and sutured my, like, labia closed. And then... Okay, wait. Explain that to me. Explain okay. to me how that happened. So... I thought suturing was burning. No, suturing is, um, is like, the needle and thread. Oh, wait. So they tie... They... they wait. Right. They sewed your <laughs> vagina closed? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, and then and then took like an anal toy and like um it, it, like a, like an enjoy so like the kind of like hook shaped uh-huh. anal toy and put it in my ass and then um basically like you know stimulated my G spot through my ass so that I squirted through the sutures. Uh-huh. So that was probably the most like visually intense thing I've done. For I'm sorry, sure. I'm like can't get past that. So did that did that hurt? Yeah, it was that was it was excruciating. It was really, really, really painful. Wow! Yes. But was there a part of you that enjoyed the pain then, or do you enjoy pain? I enjoy pain. Okay. Um, and and for that, I don't know that like that. 
sometimes in the moment the pain isn't a turn on like for that it's like it really was just painful mm-hmm. but it's it's um but like later I'll look back on it or when something sexual is happening afterward like mm-hmm. you know then you know I have G spot stimulation going on and stuff like that and it kind of almost adds to the sexual experience but in the moment that I'm receiving pain and nothing but pain I'm not necessarily turned on yeah were you was there any point during that suturing that you were like this is not a good idea maybe why like why am i doing this or were you yeah. like, determined to go through with it <laughs> i was determined to go through with it but i also like i I, re- I was sitting there um and and like they keep their cameras rolling basically consistently throughout so there's like weird like behind the scenes footage sitting around somewhere of me sitting there in bondage being like, wait, 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 wait. And then like Daniel is standing there with the suture. He's like, okay, I can wait. He's like, just tell me when you're ready. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And then like, I can feel him getting closer to me. I'm like, no, no, wait, wait. And I was like, you guys, this is stupid. This is really stupid. This is horrible. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do it. He's like, are you sure you want to? And I'm like, yes, I do. And then I'm like, no, wait, because yeah, basically every, every scene I do with insects, at this point it's like an episode of jackass <laughs> it's like why would you do that to yourself and i'm like i have no idea i thought it would be interesting <laughs> so was it your idea mm-hmm. yeah that was yeah. my idea i'm actually like this is this is pe- this is bothering me now because now what is the word when you burn a wound closed cauterize cauterize thank you okay because i'm sitting here i'm like it's not suturing You're right it's not suturing but there's another word for it sorry that was leave like- it to me if you have a morbid question i probably have the answer <laughs> 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 wow that is that is crazy yeah i i can't say that i have ever known anybody to I've ever heard of anybody ever doing that kind of that kind of scene. No. Yeah. That must make everything else like did you come into mainstream porn and you're like, dude, this is a fucking walk in the park. <laughs> Some, well Wow, I'm sweating. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm making an announcement about it just in case anyone notices. Um but it, kind of, but like mainstream porn it was difficult for me to start um in a different way like my first scene or my first few scenes like i didn't know what to do with my hands uh yeah that's a big problem mm-hmm. when i shoot new girls that's a big problem and, and I'm, that's one thing i usually coach them the most on yeah and people and people like assumed that i knew what was going on cuz they're like well she's done she's done bdsm porn for yeah, your hands like, have been tied like, the whole yeah, time I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all i have like is like the only thing like open for use is like my holes i don't have i can't I'm, so so i'm sitting there and i'm like and I don't have to, like, when you're in bondage, you don't have to worry about opening up. You don't have to worry about where your lights are. That's somebody else's job. Because right. I can't, yeah, I can't you, move. Yeah. Like, so it's not my problem. Right. And so um, so those kinds of things were really difficult for me. And I felt like for, like, the first few scenes I'd done, people expected because of my age and because I'd done some porn, people expected me to, like, know shit that I'm like, I just don't. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know. <laughs> but, Do you feel a lot more confident about where you put your hands now? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot less of the, the, like, you know, Ricky Bobby sorts of moments where I'm just like, yeah. Should I put him on his thigh, sir? Yeah. Should I put them down or should I put like one up and one down? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I just shot two brand. I just shot two new girls um, mm-hmm. this week, and uh, yeah, we talked a lot about hands. Yeah. Oh, really? What do you What do you say about hands? Okay, so I mean, if you really want to know, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, okay, I, I so know. especially like when you're doing um, like solo stuff. So what a lot of girls will do is they'll do like so your hands are as big as your face, right? Everybody mm-hmm. says. So you generally want to try to minimize hands. You don't mm-hmm. want them to be like a big part of the picture unless that's the intention. So usually you want to kind of keep the hands on the sides of the body. A lot of girls will like do this thing. And all of a sudden have it here. here. And you just have these big like claws on your body. So you generally want to move them to the side. If you're And you don't want your hands like up here. One thing that you, that a lot of people do that you really need to watch is keeping your shoulders down. A lot of girls do this. You you always want to – it's like yoga. You keep your shoulders away from your ears. So um, a lot of times girls will like do some pose like this and it's like you've got this chicken wing you know, going on here and then you have the shoulder up here. So I tell girls if you're going to like have your hand at your waist rather than doing – I don't know if you can really see what I'm doing. I can see what you're doing here. But if you're doing this thing, rotate your hand and bring your elbow – your elbow your thumb behind your waist so like you know like hands on the hips like Mm -hmm. anchor your hand there right and if you're going to bring your hand lower like below the hips which is generally a good part then you can kind of like lay it on your body but generally you want to try to move it to the side of your body you want to kind of minimize your hands right so people can see your body yeah but you always want like your hands and that's the thing like you always want your hands to look like they're placed somewhere intentionally. You don't ever want them like floating around, like looking like they don't know where they're going. Um, you know, like even if you're you're in a position where maybe you're on your side and your hands like, or like here, like your hands out like this. Like I usually tell girls, flip your hand around and bring it under your boob. Like give it a purpose. You know what I mean? Like your hands should always be like doing, even if they're laying, doing something. Um, also too, like you don't, you generally don't want them coming straight at the camera. So if like you're laying on your side. Um, and a girl's hand is like this. I'll have her swivel her elbow so her hands out this way or this way, because you're shooting a two dimension. You're take, shooting a three dimensional scene. You're turning mm-hmm. it into two dimensions, right? So anything coming towards the camera is going to naturally appear um, a little bit distorted and bigger, and you don't want that. So you usually want to kind of keep limbs like parallel to the camera. Um, and then another big thing is like holding items of clothing or, or, you know, like holding something. So usually a lot of times girls will do this where like the back of their uh, hand is facing the camera. And like this looks like a pretty bulbous piece of flesh, right? But if you do this and you flip your wrists up like you're revving a motorcycle is what I tell right. girls. So you see how much like smaller my hand looks mm-hmm. now. And instead of seeing like this big like, you know, back of the fist, now you're seeing like – you know, the separation of my fingers, it just looks a little bit more elegant. Like the shape of the hand looks more elegant and it's become like a little bit less like bulky. And also too, when you do that, see how like it almost like force, like it almost forces my elbow out, which Mm -hmm. forces my shoulder down and creates separation between the arm and the body so that we see like the curve of the body. So like actually that could go on. Interesting. Yeah, like that, and that's just like no, a little nobody's bit. Nobody's explained any of that. No one ever that. does yeah. because people don't. I mean, I come from like the old school glamour photography school, mm-hmm. where you know we spent all day taking pictures, right? And it was all about the photos, and I wasn't trying to shoot ten thousand things in a day. Um, and you know, the photos were super important. So like we were really big on posing where your hands went, like bringing hair forward, like dropping, you know, I mean, I'm sure you and I will work together someday, but you'll see like, and it obviously kind of depends on my day and how much shit I got to do, but I'm usually a lot more picky about the photos and about like the body shape and like even where the hair goes than like a lot of other people are. So 
Interesting. A little workshop for everybody. <laughs> that, was, that was really fun and informative for me. I don't know how everyone else feels about it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure like most people listening are just like, wow, that was really boring. <laughs> you know, it, it's weird what people don't find boring yeah. sometimes. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because I'll never know how people will feel about certain episodes. Like, I'll have some episodes where I think like it was a great episode and it was funny and like I don't get a lot of feedback on it. And then I'll have some episodes where I feel like it was kind of like it dragged and it was sort of boring and people will love it. So it's like I just never know what people are going to like. Well, I think that's the nature of entertainment in general. Yeah. Is that I think also it's a mystery and there's actually no way to solve this mystery. And people right. spend a lot of time trying to solve the mystery of how they made money that one time and how they like – and why they didn't the next time they tried the same thing. And it's not just porn. Like, even with dancing, I'm like, well, I will always have made money in this outfit. And then you change your outfit and, yeah. like, or, or whatever. It's just, like, weird shit. And I'm like, I don't know why people like what they like. And yeah. I don't think anyone will ever figure it out. I so. know, right? <laughs> um, so, speaking of, you were a dancer before you got into mm-hmm. the adult industry. And you've been dancing for how many years? Fifteen. I, I mean, I, I started when I'm when I was eighteen, mm-hmm. really shortly after I turned eighteen, and um, and I'm thirty three. So yeah, that would make it fifteen years of that. And what made you decide to get into stripping? Um, I had started college. I started college when I was seventeen, and then I decided that I didn't want to live in my parents' house mm-hmm. while I was in school. So I moved into an apartment with a friend of mine, and neither of us really understood how expensive it is to actually live by yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we can afford our rent. We both have a part-time job, but we couldn't actually afford. And we could afford our rent if we didn't turn the electricity on, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, And I started dancing because it was... It, it had become winter, and I'm from Nebraska originally, and we were in this all-electric apartment in January. And so inside our apartment with our electricity turned off, it was it was down to – it was under 50 degrees. This this one – So wait, you literally like, – We were freezing to death. So you're not joking when you say that you just didn't turn your electricity on so you could – I thought yeah, we we let our electricity get turned off. I sort of like thought that was a figure of speech for some reason. You literally <laughs> in the winter in Nebraska did not have electricity. Yeah, we did not have electricity in an all electric apartment, and like and we were we were cold and yeah, so <laughs> and so um and it was it was just one of those things where it was the only like there was an ad in the college newspaper. That was like, you know, we're like, it was for a club and it was like, we're like fun to work at and close to school because it was, I live in, I lived in a college town Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, I, I feel like I, well, I had had some rum and I walked out into, (laughs) into the living room with my clothes off and looked at my roommate and I was like, do I look kind of cute naked? And she's like, she's like, yeah, you look cute naked. (laughs) I was like, I was like, like, okay, I'm going to go get some money. And that's and I turned the electricity on the next day, and then I just kept dancing through college. Wow! So. What was your first? What was your first experience like? Uh, it was terrifying. Like it's, <laughs> it was really really scary. Um, but it, like uh, the the first like the night that I auditioned, and then actually started working because 
almost every club I've ever been to. Like you audition and then you just stay on for the evening. How does um, the audition work? Do you audition just in front of the stage? Oh, no. no. No, you just get on a stage in, in front the club, of all the customers, in front of everybody, and you take your clothes off. <laughs> it's like, but I the the problem was. So wait, how do you like not pass the audition? You know, so the, there like are customers throw things. They throw things at you. They're it, like, get off the stage. No, it's never anything like that. Um, and and always like like. As as an eighteen year old girl looking terrified, yeah. customers were like, "Here's money, yeah, that you poor thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, maybe that's what you should have continued to do your entire career, which is play a terrified eighteen year old. Yeah, but I'm but I'm thirty three with fake tits and bleached out hair. Like I can't do terrified 18 year old anymore pigtails you'll be fine i did it for a long time like until my mid-20s i I, like (laughs) did i did pigtails and and uh and like a lot of bubblegum pink isn't it sad how like we can never wear pigtails again like i you know sometimes like i would wear it in my 20s it'd be kind of cute like kind of yeah you know especially if you but now it just looks like you're trying too hard now it just looks like you like haven't accepted the fact that like you know you're getting older like it just feels creepy like i can never wear a pigtail no, not look like I can creepy. like when I'm cleaning, but yeah. that's it. It's like, yeah, it, it, but it has to almost be messy. Like clearly she's just trying to get her hair out of her face. Right. right. <laughs> but then like, why would you bother like two separate pieces? Why wouldn't you do a ponytail? You know what I, I mean? Don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of the, I just, I only just realized I can never wear pigtails again. And for some reason that just made me feel sad. Did, did you have, are you having a moment right now? Yeah, I'm having a moment. <laughs> just having like a just existential <laughs> moment where I'm like, no. Never pigtails again. I feel like you can still wear pigtails if you want. Yeah, I don't think so. You're the only person that'll think you're creepy. I don't know about that. Uh, you know what? How about I this? Know. I will be wearing pigtails tonight when my boyfriend comes home from work and we'll see what he says. He'll probably, I don't know. Like, there's like role playing. That no, he's going to think it's okay. creepy. No. He's not into that kind of role like, playing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know your boyfriend. <laughs> he won't be into that. He's like, what the fuck's up with the pigtails? I'm going to do it tonight, guys. And I'm going to report back next week and let you know how it went. Oh, they say it's like handlebars, though, right? Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, sorry. Uh, we were talking about your dancing and then we went oh. off into tangent about pigtails. Oh, um,. So you were terrified your first time. Oh, I was time. terrified. Well, and I didn't know what was go- – I didn't know that like strippers had special clothes. Like I just thought you just wore cute underwear. Yeah. But you don't um, – like like you go and have special clothes and special shoes that are for stripping. So like me in my cute like lace bra and panty set, I looked ridiculous and yeah. I felt ridiculous and and it was I was I was horrified. But I made a lot of money being ter- – for a terrified person. Mm-hmm. And um and I don't think I became comfortable with it for like it took months before yeah. like I wasn't constantly scared to step on stage or constantly scared to go and talk to strangers. Right. Um but now I know that strippers have certain shoes because I did take a pole dancing class once and right. those like crazy platform stripper heels that you see. Uh-huh. Um I didn't actually realize that like the reason they're almost, I guess, so high is it like levels out the platform with the heel, and it's actually easier. It's it's much to, easier to like walk than, in than a five inch heel, right? That it, right. Yeah. So, and then also too that they're made out of like a certain kind of material that easily grips the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't aware of that yeah. either. So plastic shoes, yeah. <laughs> so that was super interesting to me. But what do you mean when you say that strippers have certain clothes? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, like uh, I mean, any any person that's been to a strip club. 
I mean, every once in a while you'll see women in lingerie, but you have to be really careful because most clubs don't allow any private parts to show on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they're really picky about what's allowed on stage. So some places you get fully nude, some places you take your top off, some places you wear pasties, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you actually need clothes that are going to cover you. So like a lace Panty is inappropriate in a strip club, even if it's a totally okay on a porn set or in your personal life. Like in a strip club, you're like you're not going to be allowed to wear it; it's obscene, which is sort of like it's weird. It's like that's yeah. too obscene for this titty bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to go home. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but um, so and and there's like so like when you go into like. An adult store, you always see like all of the, you know, things on hangers and you see like these matching bra and panty sets that are like lycra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's because those things are, they're easy to take off. They never stain and they don't like slide. Mm-hmm. So if you're wearing like panties that aren't like, that like a lace top panty, you stick your leg behind your head, and the, the so like the whole panty shifts, and now your now your vulva is showing. Ah, okay, so. that's interesting. So yeah, we have special clothes. Wow, <laughs> see, this is so. And then I would imagine too, you probably want to put together outfits that have several pieces to take off, so that you can like spend more time getting undressed. Or is that not the nah. case? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah. I mean, d- nah. I mean, I think that at some point it was like that. Like I've heard, um, I've even heard people in porn that are in their, like dudes, like men in porn that are in their fifties. And they're like, when I used to go to strip clubs, like it was like a burlesque show. And it's, it's not. Was that, was that Mike Quasar that said that? No, he's (laughs) never, he's never talked about going to strip clubs actually. I, I can't imagine Mike Quasar in a strip club. I think this would be the last place that he would ever want to go. I know. Now it's like, so. I feel like you would have to like force him to go somehow or trick him. Yeah, he's very, <laughs> very unhappy. His life is a strip club every day and he doesn't like that. Yeah, I, think, I, I feel like he'd be miserable. And I, I can't see him being like, oh man, when I was going to strip clubs in my youth. <laughs> it was like a burlesque show. Um, no, but... But actually, actually, like people in that circle of men have said stuff like that. And, um, and, and so I, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's not, you take your top off in the first song and you take your bottoms off in the second song and, you know, you try to do it somewhat sexy. The more drunk you get, the less sexy it gets and the more you're just like, throw it. <laughs> <laughs> like untie it and toss it and, you know, hope it lands somewhere where you can get to it later. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's we're not complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about uh stripping because I have some, some okay. more questions for you and I know you have some stories and then um you also have some other interesting experiences in your life and then uh I'm, we're going to talk about dogs too. Okay. Which is <laughs> one of my favorite subjects. Mine too. All right, we'll be back. I want to talk to you guys about a new project that I'm doing. I am working on an erotic photography book, and this project means a lot to me. Now, I have a few other photography books out, but this would be the first one that would be created solely by me. I need your support in order to make this happen, which is why I've created a new Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hollyrandallart, and there you can donate to support these 
incredible photo shoots that I've got lined up. You will get access to exclusive photos and exclusive video that will only be available on my Patreon. It will not be on any other website of mine. You will also be able to access the private behind-the-scenes Snapchat, even get a live Q&A Skype call with us from set. This project is something that is very close to my heart, and it is my way to really create something beautiful and artistic, and I just want to fall in love with photography all over again. It's not porn, it's erotica. There's a big difference there, and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys would come check it out and support me. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. Thank you so much. All right, we are back. So um, we have a. I, there's still some more questions I have for you about um, your dancing. So you said that when you started, obviously it was terrifying. I think that's the way it is for everybody. Do you do you love it now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't mind like? Do you tour and do feature dancing? I I don't feature dance, and I don't think I ever will. Hmm. Um, and and I realize that it's like guaranteed money, but I you know I travel. Qu- I've traveled quite a bit. Uh, as a, as a dancer and worked in a lot of places. And so when I travel now, I already have regulars in the places I go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the clubs that I work at some semi-regularly are places that have feature dancers. And I'm like, you can't have me as a feature when I've been just like right. around for right. the last 10 years or right. whatever. Understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't really work. And I actually, I really like the hustle. And anytime feature dancing is explained to me, it it seems like you don't really get to sit down and get to know people. I was going to say, there's definitely like a disconnect mm-hmm. between the customers. It's like you're this special celebrity guest and like no one gets to talk to you. Yeah. And I like, and I actually, the thing I love the most is I like to talk to the people and I like to talk to the other dancers and I like to hang out in the dressing room and swap, you know, war stories mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's fun. And I feel like feature dancing would be so alien for me that I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd enjoy it. I could be wrong, but I yeah. don't think I'd enjoy it. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to have some like pretty interesting stories from eighteen, yes. from fifteen years of dancing. Yes, in I clubs. Do. Yes, I do. Um, I, you know, and most of them are okay. Like my people, people. I mean, what, what kind of what kind of stories would anybody even want to hear? Like, none of them are sexy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not looking for sexy. I am not looking for sexy. Like, none of them are girls getting down in dressing rooms no. or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, I think I think some of the weirdest ones are things that happen. With with dancers, and I would never want to paint dancers as a whole group of people that are like insecure or jealous or aggressive to each mm-hmm. other because it's a stereotype that like everyone already has in their head. And most of the time we're all just really nice people and everyone actually gets along and sort of is doing the same job and dealing with the same, we like we all have the same enemies. Like there's mm-hmm. somebody being a dick mm-hmm. and he's everyone's enemy and we can band together and hating that guy. Right. Um, but every once in a while, the, like the there, there's somebody that really like, really, uh, you know, decide that really lives up to the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had a night where 
I was brand new and I was working in a club in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wasn't new to dancing, but I was new to the club. Right. And I, so I didn't know who any of the girls are mm-hmm. or who any of the regulars are. And the lockers were really small. So I only put like my purse in my locker and like my wallet and stuff and everything else was just sitting out in front of my locker like everyone else had done. And then I went out and started talking to customers and I sat with a guy and he got a hour long champagne room mm-hmm. with me. And I came back after we finished the um, the VIP dance, and I went to my locker, and one of the other girls was like, "Oh, Chelsea peed on your bag." <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, "What? Yeah." So, so I'm I was like, "Okay," and I'm sitting here like, "Was she just that drunk? Was it an accident?" But it turned out that I, like the guy that I had talked to and given a dance to was her regular. And so she decided that I had purposefully gone out of my way to steal her customer. And so she peed in my bag. But the, and you know, (laughs) while I say this wouldn't be a big deal because of out of like all of the weird shit that just happened in life in general Mm -hmm. and just existing as a person, I'm like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if I got pee on some of my stuff. Mm -hmm. But my street clothes that I had come in in were actually in my bag as well. So I ended up driving home in in in, in my like stripper string bikini (laughs) and platform shoes because there was and like it wasn't a little pee like it was saved drunk girl pee like there was pee all up in my stuff. So that was that was that was one of the more horrible stories. But a lot of my stories have to do with pee. There's like a lot of pee situations. Really? <laughs> like all pee peeing in clubs? Well, there's girl like that was the only aggressive pee that's ever happened. Okay. Like pee as a form of aggression. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I I also have had customers that have asked me to like pee in their drinks and mm. things like that. Which do is they- it's illegal to do, do they that. they drink it afterwards? I don't drink it. No, no, not you. Them. <laughs> them. Yes, yes. But I can't say where I've done that because it's um because they would never let me go back. Right. Probably. Right. That's okay. We don't we don't need to specify. <laughs> but like, but like I, I've worked in a in a bar where like a guy like drank half of his drink and he's like, "Can you pee in my drink and order me to drink it?" And I'm like, "Uh, that's it's a health code violation. I can't just, you know, pee." Mm-hmm right here and he's like it's okay if you do it in the bathroom and i was like i do have to pee a little yeah yeah (laughs) if it's it's in the toilet it's in your cup it's really all the same for me yeah so so i've done that and like gone back and been like you're gonna drink my piss now and and then like stood there and sternly watched him do it um that kind of thing like there's a lot of pee that happens in strip clubs like there's just i don't know why are girls just like Soup overly hydrated. I think they're overly drunk because mm. there's like people passing out in their own puddles and that kind of stuff every wow. once in a while. Girls get overly drunk. Yeah, in, in certain clubs that are a little more sketchy, where the management's not paying attention, right? You know, that kind of stuff happens. I guess I could see that because you know you're generally working at night, mm-hmm. um, and probably a lot of these girls maybe. I don't know if you're nervous or you feel like you know the alcohol yeah. helps you. You know. Like be less inhibited on stage. I could I could see that happening. And 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 it's almost never the girl that's twenty one years old. Mm. It's always like somebody that's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> that's like 
<laughs> that's that's passed out in a puddle of their own pee, and I'm like, you've given up. That's what's happened to you. You're like, this you're may like, not be the job for you anymore. <laughs> well, and it's always terrible. Like, there's certain clubs and places where. You can have strippers, but you can't serve alcohol. Right. And they get around it by having a BYOB. Mm-hmm. And that is so dangerous. I'm like, you really need to – because at least a bartender can cut you off. Yeah. And in an alcohol establishment, you can't bring your own booze. Like, right. You can't like – so you can't get overly drunk. And so like I've – I've had bartenders be like, hey, hun, are you sure you want this? Because I don't think you do. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I guess not. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know you're going to tell me I can't if I disagree with you. So I'm going to pretend that we're on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, but like when it's BYOB, then you have girls drinking in the dressing room. And I think that's when it gets, when it gets ugly sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So that's weird. That was a weird story. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was great. It was great. Um, So moving on, after you graduated, uh, you moved to Costa Rica to teach English for five years. Yes. Costa Rica is beautiful. I've been there a couple of times. I've actually shot out there. Um, I actually have family out there, strangely enough. Oh, cool. Oddly enough, I know. Random, right? Um, In San Jose. Okay. So my mom's second cousin moved to Costa Rica. when she was like 18 and she met a man out there and she married him and then they had kids. So, Oh yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. So I see them when I go over there, which is not as often as I would like to go, but it's such a beautiful country. So where, where were you in Costa Rica? Um, I was in San Jose for like two years Mm -hmm. while I was there. Um, and then I moved out to, uh, Puerto Viejo, Mm -hmm. if you know, like Limon on the Caribbean coast. Okay. Okay. And what um what was your major in in college? I was an English major. <gasps> yeah. So was I. So was I. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us now. Um yeah, I graduated with a degree of uh, in world literature from oh. UCLA. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love I love I love books. I love yeah. Is it what like is there any like specific kind of literature that you're into more than others nothing that i actually had to read in college is what i really really love Mm. (laughs) i mean i like it kind of depends like at at this point i i mostly like um i I like fantasy novels and stuff like i don't i ended up with i ended up with the degree i had Mm-hmm. Mostly because I had been in college and I had changed majors enough times that I just needed to get out. Yeah, you're like, I got to pick one and stick <laughs> with it. Yeah, like I just have to go. So I didn't love what I studied in school, mm. but um, or what I yeah yeah. But you, but you graduated. You yeah, I graduated. graduated. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, there we go. But it was mostly it was mostly like there, there was a point where even my academic advisor was like, you have to. Have, you have to have an exit strategy at this point in your life. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so, so I'm like, I'm like, well, I've I've taken enough courses that like this will be the fastest major for me too. Yeah, to yeah, out. understood. Um, so now, what was it like living in Costa Rica? I mean, that's that's a big. And why did you make that move? Because that's a big move. You know, I um, I had done a whole bunch of volunteering while I was in college mm-hmm. and different countries around 
Latin America. And um, was it through like a specific organization, or did you just pick up on different things? I mostly I just picked up on different things. I okay. started with um, an international student volunteers. It's an organization okay. that does like um, volunteering and then adventure tourism. But I didn't really love the adventure tourism aspect of it mm. because I because you because like now I'm just getting to know other people from my own country and I actually really liked living like I liked getting to know like a different place and when you're a tourist you don't very well yeah and there's some, I know this sounds like so ridiculous but for me when I travel to other countries there's nothing more annoying than coming across another American yeah isn't it weird. Why? Here. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. I'm like, what are you doing here? That I came here to get away from you. It's, it's jarring to hear. Is like it's jarring to hear your own language. Yes. So like even because I found even in Costa Rica, I was living there for five years, and it didn't matter who it was. I'd hear like an Australian accent, and be like, ah, oh, shit, I'm about to board a bus filled with Australians. There's yeah, like two Australians, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I know they're going to be loud. They're just going to take over the bus. Like you end up hating your own language for yes. whatever reason. It becomes like Ugh. it becomes very <laughs> jarring, especially like Spanish is such a beautiful language, yes. and we're so clunky. Yeah, when we talk. Yes, we sound. It's it's not attract English is unattractive. Yeah. yeah, it's also too. I don't know if it's actually more. It's an American thing, but I just feel like Americans are just like loud. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm loud. We're loud talkers. Yeah, and and, and Australians are loud talkers. Yeah. You know, anyone from the UK, once they've had a few drinks, they're quite loud. Yeah. I feel like it were, it's a loud language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so you were doing volunteer work mm-hmm. all over um, different parts of and Latin I just America. I fell in love with Costa Rica, and I made friends there and, um, and had a relationship at the time mm-hmm. with somebody. So I moved there. And did you just like – like what made you come back here? Did you just love it? Uh, well, my relationship fell apart. That's mm. actually what made yeah. me come back there. It soured me yeah. <laughs> to the place a little bit. That's understandable. So, so it was, um, yeah. So I had a, uh, basically, basically my, um, my engagement was called off and, mm. and I was like, I think that I'm going to go do other things. But I was coming back to the United States during like every academic break and stuff. And in Costa Rica, they have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of breaks here and there from school. So so I would take like a week and then go dance in Chicago for a week and then or like a month at times, like around Christmas time that mm-hmm. all of the kids are off of school for like right. two months. Right. And um and and dance for that time and then go back. And so I didn't really ever make any money teaching. Like there was no way that like I could have uh, – there was no there, – yeah, there's no way that you can like justify like doing that for money. But I, I was able to survive mostly on dancing yeah. even when I lived there. So um, And did you ever dance there? No. No. You know, well, I have no problem with it, but I don't escort and prostitution is legal there and strip clubs are – basically a place to find a right an escort so yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't your wasn't yeah, your not, thing it's not my jam yeah <laughs> totally understandable um so another thing that uh you talked about is that you want to open a indoor dog park yeah so tell us i'm assuming you have dogs yes yes how many dogs do you have i uh well i I had I had three until recently, and one of them, one of them, I just oh, like we talked. I remember you yeah. wrote about that. Yeah, oh, that yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I had I don't. 
It's okay. We won't really go into that because I had to do yeah. that with my dog, and it was the worst experience of it, my life. It, it was. It was. It was really terrible. But yeah. um, but and I have. But I've always had high energy dogs. So mm-hmm. like I get like I border collies and Weimaraners is basically yeah. what I end up with. And I don't know why I'm not. I don't even seek them out exactly. I just like I'm like oh this is what happens. Um, yeah. And. And I, you know, I lived like insects is up in Washington. So mm-hmm. when I was up there, it, it rains all the time or it's cold like and it's winter. And or I, when I was living in Chicago, like it's like it's winter and you can't have you can't do anything with your pets. Mm-hmm. And so I and and just like even when I was there, if they I was like if they just had like, you know, when they have the gym and they have the upstairs track mm-hmm. and then down beneath they have like. I don't know. I don't. I haven't been to a gym for a minute. Um, <laughs> they have like basketball hoops and stuff, like mm-hmm. at certain at certain gyms. And I was like, what if you just replace that with grass? Yeah. And then you would have like a walking track, so uh-huh. you could walk your dog if uh-huh. you're a structured person, like right. I kind of am, because I'm not that playful. And I'm like, oh, let's like my dogs are like, let's do something. And I'm like, would you like a nice structured walk? Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> <laughs> you don't take them to the dog park ever. I do. Um, but uh, well, one one of them, one of my dogs is really only interested in other like the other dogs that she knows. Mm-hmm. So like my pack of dogs, yes, is okay. But all other dogs, she's just kind of, she's not mean. She just just like ignores them, mm-hmm. and they come running up on her, and she's like, ugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 then the other one just wants to play ball. Mm-hmm. So like she just wants you to throw the ball, and so she ignores every other dog because she's obsessed with tennis balls. So right. the dog park is sort of a stupid place for us to go because yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to take my dog Bonnie to the dog park, she'd spend the entire time circling the fence trying to find a way to get out. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes <gasps> love the dog park, and mine are. I, I it's like I have introverted dogs. And yeah, they're like they're like eh. Yeah. I don't need to make friends, though. Yeah. I, I have friends. I have two friends. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's understandable. Um, I mean, that definitely sounds like something that – so they don't really exist. They do. There's some indoor dog parks now. There are. They're not, they're not super common, and they're not in, like, Portland mm-hmm. or um, – but, I, you know, I don't know. I've heard of this. But I don't think they're super common. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the industry for pets is definitely growing because, you know, spend more money on pets than they ever have. Yes. Like, and yeah. people because people are also having more, especially more successful people are having less children. Less, yep. So and even for me, I'm like, I spent a, my dogs eat better than I do. Like all of them <laughs> eating garbage. And I'm like, but they need this like insanely expensive diet so that they can live forever or whatever yeah. it is in my head. I don't even know. Yeah. Cause I think they'd just be, they'd be just as happy eating Alpo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. My dogs are kind of picky. They don't really like the shitty cheap food. They just like look at it. One and... of my dogs is a Costa Rican street dog. You could feed her tin cans probably. And she'd be fine. <laughs> like, That's but, so sweet. She's, a, she's like a collie mix. Yeah. But she's, that was one of the hardest things for me about going to Costa Rica or other countries like that was all the stray animals. Like that always yeah. like bums me out yeah, like I big really, time. It's a real bummer. And, and it's hard for me. It's um, there's a difference and it, people don't spay or neuter their pets. No. And they actually like often in a lot of Latin American countries, they, they don't want to 
neuter because they believe it's like, um, you know, demasculinizing their dog. Yeah. Like their dog gives a fucking shit. I know people hear like that and it's always, it's not always, but it's usually men. And I just want to be like, do you feel like your dog is like some narcissistic extension of yourself? Yeah. Because it's not. Right. Like him not having balls, he's not going to know. He's not really self-aware enough to be like, oh boy, once I had testicles and now I don't. Yeah. So like- it's you. You're the only one that Matt cares about this. Yeah. And, and Isn't it actually better for dogs if they're neutered? Don't they, they like, they live longer, right? So yeah. I feel like what's the. Yeah. They live a bit longer. They're less likely to get certain cancers. And... Right. Right. And they're less likely to develop aggression problems and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really like how here when you rescue a dog, how they automatically give it to you. Like you have to pay for it to get neutered or spayed. Like you don't get to get yeah, a dog. Yeah, it's part of the contract. They either give yeah. it to you fixed or right. you are required to do it yourself. Do you only rescue dogs? Yeah, I've never I've never purchased a dog. Yeah, I, me either. Yeah. It's kind of hard for me sometimes to like hold my tongue when I see people buy dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you don't want to, you know. It's... I find myself holding my tongue a lot though because I don't – well, especially now because I used to be more like loudly judgmental and mm. now I'm like I don't want to lose work. Yeah. <laughs> like... I know what you mean. Yeah, there's definitely times when um, I – yeah. And I'm just like, you went and spent like all this money on that dog that's totally inbred and is going to have all these health complications when there's like so many amazing dogs out there that like are going to die today because you decided that you wanted to purchase some like fancy fucking breed dog. And if you want a breed dog, like, like my, I mean, one of, one of my dogs was a Weimaraner, and she was a purebred Weimaraner. You can't mm-hmm. – I mean, you can't fake that dog. Yeah. Breed. It's a really distinctive appearing dog. And I got her from a shelter. Yeah. You can find they a have dog in a specific shelter. shelters for different breeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, and, or even the humane – I mean, there's certain breeds that just end up in shelters, like Weimaraners do, because they're – because. Because they're neurotic and destructive yeah. and, and stuff. But like – Because people get dogs that they think are like oh, pretty so and then they don't realize how like how much exercise they need and, and how much work they need. Someone like me where somebody's like, oh my gosh. Like so would you recommend a Weimaraner? Like I used to walk her around. Yeah. People be like, oh, she's so beautiful. Would you recommend that breed of dog? And I'm like, no, don't get one of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you – you have Netflix? Yeah. Have you seen that show Six, Pip- Six Puppies in Us? No. So there's a show called Six Puppies in Us, which I thought I was going to love because I was like, fucking, it's a show about puppies. This is going to be the best show ever. It was the most infuriating show I've ever seen because they showed six different families adopting dogs and almost all of them were completely incapable of taking (laughs) care of these dogs and um, like were just so irresponsible. Sorry, I went down the wrong pipe. It's okay. (laughs) We're like so irresponsible and um, and I I wanted to like – like rip my fucking hair out you know and i remember one of them was talking about like returning the dog and she was like this dog isn't right for us and i'm like you're giving it zero training you're letting it get away with so much bad behavior you're ignoring it you're not giving it exercise like and some dogs what the fuck is wrong with you and some dogs are more difficult than others absolutely but it's still your own fault because you still got an animal without researching what it was right and so like so like for me like with a Weimaraner I ended up with a I was volunteering at the Humane Society in Nebraska when mm-hmm. I got her and I just like 
I just kind of fell in love and I ended up with her. And But I knew what I was getting into. I was like, this is the – this animal is going to destroy my house if I'm yeah. not careful. Yeah. And even if I am careful, she still might destroy my house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's just something that you've agreed to. And, yes. And you know, I you know, yeah. ended up with an eight-month-old rhymer on her that proceeded to destroy my house for a few years. Um, but – but I think that's the the problem that people have is they don't they they want something that's cute or they want something that's pretty or they want something that like somehow it's like you're a dog is like a car and it increases your social status mm-hmm. having this attractive thing and it's not fair yeah to the animal at all like, yeah and 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 especially like they, it's just gonna end up back in the shelter right yeah I I mean I've definitely had some difficult dogs um in my time. And my, I have two dogs now and one of them, Bonnie, the one I mentioned earlier, who's always trying to get out of the dog park. Um, she's like the perfect angel dog. Like she's so chill. She's so lazy. She doesn't really, you know, she never barks. She loves everybody. She's really gentle. But my other dog, my pit bull German shepherd, Khaleesi can be, can be difficult. And I have to energetic that sounds like an explosive she's actually not necessarily energetic if anything she's a little bit on the lazier side but she can have some aggression problems so that's where i have to be careful she can be aggressive with other dogs that she doesn't know so i can't take her to the dog park um and i i had to send her to training camp for like two weeks um because she was you know i could see when i got her as a puppy um i I was aware, you know, of her breed. And so I, I watched her very closely to see if she developed any kind of like aggressive bad habits. (laughs) And when I saw her showing signs of that, I immediately put her into training and it made, it made a big difference. Um, but I still, you know, I have to be careful with her. Like, Mm -hmm. um, she's great with people that she knows. Like if she knows you, she's super chill. She's so lovable. But like, if she doesn't know you, she, she can be a little bit like, you know, so if um, come over, but yeah, you know, when people come over that she doesn't know, I have to put her in her crate and I have to introduce her mm-hmm. to people in a certain way. But, you know, it's just like one of those things that I've just kind of accepted. And, um, you know, I just make sure that I don't put her in – as my trainer said, I don't set her up to fail. I don't put her in situations where, like, we might have a problem. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just like and – I, and I recognize – sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, why can't I just have an easy dog? But then I recognize, like, you know what? I'm – in a position where I can manage this dog that can be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas somebody else might just return her to the shelter and she'd be euthanized. Like I have the means to manage this dog and I can take care of her and give her a good right. life. So I try to look at it that way. <clears throat> right. Well, and like that's kind of how – because I've danced and stuff and and everything and it's always been that way for me too where I'm like – so like I would get a dog from the shelter or whatever and I just don't like – I just don't work for a few days and mm-hmm. I spend a bunch of time with my dog and then I have short nights and I like adjust my schedule to make yeah. sure that I can take care. Of, and that's like a privilege that, you know, I, I felt like I had when it comes to that. But I, still like it's like if you can't do those kinds of things or if you can't figure out a way to like meet an animal's needs, you just shouldn't get it. Right. Yeah. Totally. But- I understand. Yeah. I'm grouchy about that. I get I get really judgmental. Uh, yeah. I know. It's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because like dogs especially, like I have a really like close like connection to mm-hmm. them and um, it's uh, – I get really emotional about dogs. Like I can't like see – like if a dog dies in a movie, I, can't watch I won't watch it. Like it, it's just very upsetting. There was somebody who actually like I guess their dog passed away. 
and it wasn't you. And they posted pictures of their dog passed away mm-hmm. on social media, no. and and I lost it. That was recent too, yes. right? Yeah. Did you did you have the same reaction I did? Yep. Yeah, I was really upset. <laughs> I was like, like, I was like, oh god, I yeah. yeah. I was like, I wish I hadn't seen that, and I like got all upset, and like my boyfriend had to like calm me down. I was like, yeah. re- like it really got me. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I wonder why we have this kind of like such a deep connection to these animals as opposed to other animals. You know what I mean? And and why we feel why we why like seeing a dog in pain affects us so much more than a human. Well, <coughs> sorry. Okay. I could talk about this. You want to hear yeah. about this? There's, yeah, I do. <laughs> they've done research on this. Um, well, like you know that like um, dogs have been domesticated. Archaeological evidence shows that dogs have been domesticated for over ten thousand years, yes. which is longer than any other animal. Yes, mitochondrial DNA um, that has actually shown that there's been there was a um, a genetic change from. Like the wolf to like from like the you know wild wolf to yes. the wolf that was around people yes. up to a hundred thousand years ago. Right. So when you kind of think of it that way, like it wasn't like people domesticated dogs. They you don't even think that happened. They were kind of like dogs or wolves. Sort of found that by following people or being around people, they did better. And because of our behavior, aggression and stuff ended up cold out of them. Like mm-hmm. and you know. It was a natural selection sort of thing. So in a way, they evolved to accommodate us. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like we can't really separate ourselves from that evolution because we actually evolved to accommodate them Mm -hmm. because we benefit in huge ways from dogs. Like there's – there's there's I was I was watching this documentary and they had um, these like uh, archaeologists talking about how dogs – actually help lead to agriculture mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so civilization itself is partly built on our relationship with canines. Mm-hmm. So of course of course we love them more than other animals because we're yeah. actually evolved to take care of them. Yeah. So when they cry, we hear it and we have a similar reaction to like when a baby cries and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, I better fix whatever's happening because right. you're upset. But yeah, I think that we're – we're just as domesticated or like by them or it's like we have a symbiosis with them. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, there's a lot of really fascinating documentaries about mm-hmm. our relationships with yeah. dogs, you know, about how dogs as opposed to like, um, you know, wolves, uh, like they will follow our our glances. Yeah, the pointing. The and, pointing and mm-hmm. also too, they will look at things that they want you, like there's like eye movements and they can read like facial expressions. And, mm-hmm. and they look to us for help and wolves are yes. like, eh, solve their problems themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because because they've never needed us. You know? Right. They, they find their relationship without, like with nature, without human beings to be perfectly acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's kind of, um, yeah, it's but like I think that when when people kind of talk about domestication of plants or animals, we always want to separate ourselves from the process. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, with any other species, when you see these behaviors in nature, because we we've benefited from dogs for a long time. Right, like they've helped us hunt. They help. They've protected us. They've done all kinds of things for us. Like we still have working dogs. Yeah. And we don't – when we see those kinds of relationships in nature where everyone's benefiting, we call it symbiosis. Mm. And with humans, we just call it domestication. Mm, but I think that it's – but we, we take care of our relationships with them because it's so important to our own survival. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm, <laughs> no, I I'm an English major. Yeah, so <laughs> clearly you're right about everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at sounding like I know what I'm talking about when I don't, so there we That's go. That's all that matters. <laughs> so I want to bring it back to porn. Okay. Because oh, I guess, yes. no, it was my <laughs> idea a, to talk about dogs. porn podcast. <laughs> I know. I had Maddie O'Reilly and we did the same thing. We just ended up talking about dogs for like half the podcast, whatever. I'm I know. Sorry. Anytime, anytime I'm around Maddie O'Reilly, it's like it becomes comes just yeah dogs it's, yeah it's just whatever we love mm-hmm. dogs it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um so what are your favorite kinds of scenes to shoot like solo girl 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 boy girl gangbang anal like you have a favorite uh um i have a few favorites i love a gangbang you love um, a good old gangbang? I'm like, who doesn't like a gangbang? <laughs> I love a gangbang. Um, and I like a gangbang or I, I actually – I still really like rough, rougher things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it sucks in some ways because I like really like rough sex scenes, mm-hmm. which is usually – when usually it's like – usually it's like Evil Angel or like you're doing yeah. gonzo stuff. Yeah. But I also really like acting. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm doing an acting role – I am, you know, hitting on my stepson or daughter. Yeah. And then we have romantic sex. And I'm like, I wish that I could, like, do an acting role that turned into, like, a rough sex scene. And it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that would be a dream come true. But, yeah, I like, if we were just talking about sex scenes in general, I'm like, I love a gangbang. That's, that's actually true, what you're saying about that. Because I think about, like, you know, when I shoot for Wicked, which is obviously a lot of acting, like, the sex is definitely not rough mm-hmm. they don't want that at all i think the idea is that the people who consume feature movies with yeah. the acting are like couples or women and they don't want to see rough sex and people who you know watch rough sex don't want a storyline they want to get right to the point when well, as a female that has consumed porn but I, I, I you know and i don't speak for a large group of people so it actually doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. but i've always like i like a i like a storyline and watching rough sex mm-hmm. but if i'm the only one then that you know that doesn't sell because i don't buy porn at this point in my life so you know yeah yeah no i understand <laughs> i'm the same way i actually if i'm going to watch porn i like something that's definitely Edgier is a good way to put it. But I do want some kind of story. I want like some reason behind yeah, what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like I need – because I think, you know, and, and women are a little bit more cerebral about that kind of stuff. Men can be just visually turned on. Like we need like motivation. Yeah. Um, that's what interests us. But unfortunately and, – and I think a lot of this probably has to do with um, – you know, stigma against uh, watching porn, but you know, just in general, the market for you know women watching and buying porn is just not that big compared to the market of men. It's just not. And that, I mean, that makes sense. I don't think that even even if I've like I've I like have bought like I think two DVDs in my entire life, mm-hmm. so I've never been anybody's target audience for porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody has ever been like, well. You know what? I think we should survey people that might buy two DVDs in their entire lives yeah. and uh, see what they want to, to watch. Do you find that you like to – can you – because for me, I mean, I can't watch porn. Like, no. Anymore. Like it's so not interesting to me. And do, are it's, you the same? Like you just – I don't watch porn. I don't, yeah. I don't watch porn. And, uh, you know, I, I, I – well, 
I say that every once in a while I'll watch animated shit. I do too. <laughs> yes. You know why? Okay. It's probably the same for I'm you. I'm not going to see anyone I know. That- same. Exactly. I can't objectify you if I know you on a personal level and yeah. therefore I can't masturbate to you. Yeah. And also yeah. too, like the anime porn, like it's so far removed from what I'm used to seeing all the time uh-huh. that that is more interesting and to some me. Some of them have like the most complicated storylines. Yeah. Like where you sit there and you're watching this like movie for a half hour and then they finally start to get into some sort of flirtation and I'm like oh my god it's gonna happen I've like I've committed to this this has become my day (laughs) and And you can get away with so much more in animated yes you can like Like all now like you can you can and I don't really like incest but I think they can get away with like full-on actual incest yeah they can get away with weird monsters and yeah like pretty much rape scenario yeah 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 all kinds of stuff that you abs i mean even um there's a new show on netflix i haven't watched it yet but it's uh they call it they rate it for adults only even though it's open to everybody that's not behind any kind of like age restrictive wall where it's anime but i think there's um i think there's like sex in it but because it's anime it's like okay are you there's there's a comedy show that like um, John Mulaney is the voice of somebody in it, and it's called Big Mouth. No, it's not that. Okay, because I'm like, I know what you're talking about. I've get seen away that. with a lot of shit, and yeah. like everyone's underage. And I was watching it, and I'm like, I actually love it. Yeah, because I'm like, puberty does suck that much. It it's really true. Does. Like it yeah. takes me back, and I'm like, oh man. I think every once in a while, I'm like, I think life is hard right now. Yeah. And then I'm like, eh, at least I'm not going through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, no, I think it might be called Sex and robots okay i think it's i haven't watched it yet but i just know i just noticed that it just came up on netflix like on my you know new and noteworthy or whatever um and it says on there like for adults only and i've heard that there's like sex or sexual content in it that wouldn't normally like be on Mm. netflix but because it's cartoons it's you get away with it i don't know now now i'll have to look it up just because I'm curious. Yeah. 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 I've seen – then there's billboards for it like around town. Um, but back to the gangbang. Oh. So <laughs> – sorry. We don't have another Cartoons. tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what is it that you love about gangbangs? I think I think with gangbangs, I think they're easy. Like mm. like other than – like they're physically I think sort of difficult. Some, mm-hmm. some but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and and I think that they're more difficult for the male talent that's mm-hmm. involved than they are for me. But yeah, like, there's so many like other dudes. Around there's there. a lot of dudes. There's, a lot, there's of, a lot of dick around. A lot of dick. There's a lot of dick. It's real close up, and yeah. I get I get that for, for yeah. dudes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like I'm like, ooh, this is intimate for you too, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, sorry, I just made gangbangs less hot for everyone listening. To this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. but um, they're easy like and it's and i like to be the center of attention and it and and i you know when i've done gangbangs and i've done gangbangs for like kink and stuff and then i've done i've done a a few for some other companies now too it almost becomes like the dudes will like they're not competitive with each other but everyone wants to make sure that they get their turn to get you off yeah and i'm like i'm like yes everyone is here to get me off yeah they're all there to serve (laughs) you exactly exactly i'm like i'm like yes service me yes (laughs) <laughs> see i like it how you look at it that way because i think you know that the general public who doesn't really understand porn would look at it at the opposite way as you're there just for their pleasure 
and you're just, you know, like you're, right. you're just, you're servicing them. They're taking out their, but their well, I aggression. I do my best to service them, but for the, like, <laughs> but like, like I do my best to get my hands and stuff involved, but it's like I have, I, I also don't have that much control of what's going on. Right. Because there's so many people that like and there's so much maneuvering and it really becomes up to them yes to to like make shit shootable yeah um and and so it's relaxing in that way yeah where i'm like i'm because because i can't see i can't see the light or where the camera is or anything because i've just got a dick like right in my eyes and, <laughs> and, I, and i have no like i'm like i and i have no sense of direction anymore so i'm like everyone has to take care of me right and everyone also like and uh, like and like men at least men in porn I think men in general men like to get women off and so everyone's th- there and I come a lot so everyone's there there is like oh she comes a lot I'd like to make her come like oh, I'd also like to make her come and I'm like yes everyone can make me come <laughs> everyone gets a turn <laughs> you're so generous I know <laughs> well they they're gonna get off too I mean yes. you know. Well, we hope so. We hope so. And I mean, there's always there's always a chance, but there's always the lagger. There's always like the one guy that you know like can't like come at the same time as everybody else. Yeah, right. But so that's like, like what editing is for, right? No, but then like I always feel bad for you as the performer because it depends on like you yeah. know usually when it's great guys you're fine, but every once in a while. You get like, you know, four of the dudes come on you and the fifth guy who's been struggling the whole time just can't come and you're sitting there and you've got cum all over your face and he's there and he's sweating and he's desperately trying to come and like all the other guys are done and they're like, come on, dude, when are you going to be finished? Guys will, like, like, guys will like start going to the shower and stuff. That's yeah. where I get mad. I'm like, somebody better be out of the shower by the time this man jizzes on my face. Right. But I mean, <laughs> can you imagine like the pressure that that guy feels yeah. knowing that like he's the last? One. I feel much worse for him because I feel like for me, there's always one person that takes a little longer and I always, feel always, worse. always, I feel worse for them than yes. I do for me. Cause at that point I've had like 20 orgasms. I'm just cum drunk and sitting yeah. on the floor and I don't, I don't, whatever. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm just like, just give it to me. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good. I don't care. Yeah. But sometimes. <laughs> but I feel bad for them because I'm like. Yeah, because then you know they get into that mind fuck too. They're like, oh, everybody else is done. Yeah, now yeah. it's all on me. Then suddenly the pressure is all on this one person. Yeah, like you better ma- make the jizz now. Yeah, like come on, we're paying for this location by the hour. Yeah, I can't imagine what that feels like. Um, but it probably isn't amazing. No, no. Guys, they have a, diff- they have a hard job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not easy for them. Yeah, you got to give props to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think in a lot of ways it's harder for them. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of dudes that'll like contact me and be like, "I wish I was important," and I'm like, "You, but you probably don't." No, I have no <laughs> idea what it takes. Yeah, God, I feel like I have this conversation all the time. It's just like. You know, you just, you don't, it's not as glamorous as it sounds and it can be a lot of fun, but it can also be really, really difficult. And, um, it's, it's very physically taxing Mm -hmm. and it takes like a certain like mental, you know, ability to focus. And, you know, people think like Viagra these days, anyone can do it. That's, that's really not true because the Viagra will like help you keep it there, but like, if you can't get there in the first place, right. and then also too, like the cum shot, like we were just talking about, that's not going to make Viagra you come is not going to make your cum shot happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
and and I th- and it, well, and it gets so hot because I like in the summer, like oh. last summer, I noticed like nobody could come last summer. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so horribly hot, and yeah. and like I hadn't really like that was my first summer in LA, and I was like, it is ridiculously hot, and you like you see these people, and they're just you know watching a man just like become aggressively like yeah. aggressive with his dick yeah. and sweating, and I'm just like. There is nothing about this that doesn't make me feel bad for you. Yeah. And I don't even think the orgasm is going to feel good at that point. It's just going to be like something that you finally accomplished. (laughs) You know, and the thing is, too, is like we have to turn off the air. You know, even if you're shooting in an air conditioned house because of the sound, you have to turn off the air conditioning. So it's like it doesn't matter. And then it just gets so hot so fast. It's 104 degrees outside. It gets to be like 85 degrees in the house really quickly. And Mm -hmm. everyone's doing something physical. Yes. And people are sharing body heat. And and again, for me, I'm like, I'm hot and uncomfortable, but I don't have to have a hard dick. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's funny. So you know, good on them. I know it's been kind of it's been cold lately, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I think all of us have been like wanting our you know typical LA weather back. But it, for some reason, it was really hot day before yesterday. Yeah, I, I worked that day. Yeah, I did too. And I decided to shoot outside by the pool because I was like, oh, it's nice today. We can shoot out by the pool. And it got like really fucking hot. And I, I suddenly was reminded of how shitty it is to shoot in the summer in LA and I yeah. just suddenly dreaded the summer coming. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, the summer it's it's like it's it's well it gets dangerously hot in LA. Yeah. And then yeah, and then when you're shooting it's just I don't yeah. Well and then and then you're ending up with like makeup and stuff. Like your makeup doesn't last through pretty girls. Yeah. So you've taken pictures and then it's like, oh you better fix everything that has just happened to you. Yes. Because, and and that kind of thing. It's, and, and, then, and I'm a sweaty person anyway, as you can tell. <laughs> and, so, and so it's like for me, I'm like I'm like, there's nothing it's not I'm not my most attractive in the summer, that's for sure. <laughs> Put me poolside and take pictures and I'm like, you like that sweat stash? You like that? Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, on that yeah, that was, London. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It was great. <laughs> you were awesome. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's London Sea River, and I just started a new Instagram, which is just London River. Did you get deleted before? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I you know how we. Your Instagram is London River, just London. Yeah. River? Mm-hmm. How did you get that name? I have no idea. That wasn't. How was that not taken? Oh no, there's an X. There's was, a London River and then an X at the end. Thank oh, you for reminding me of that. Say, I like, thought it was just that. No fucking way. There's that a, handle yeah. was available. No, there's just there's an X at the end. London okay. River X on Instagram. Okay, and but, London Sea River on Twitter. Yes. And then do you have an OnlyFans? I have an OnlyFans. Um, you can go to my Twitter and find my OnlyFans or whatever. But it's um. It's probably London Sea River, right? Yeah, Isn't it's exactly it usually... the same as my yeah. Twitter handle. So you usually. should be able to find me with that. I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the same as my Twitter handle. 
<laughs> just go to her Twitter and you'll be able to go find to my it. Twitter. You'll find it. That's that's that was a very weird moment. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my OnlyFans is. <laughs> and as always, you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget to check out my new website, Holly Randall Unfiltered, where you can find even more about this podcast. And don't forget to support me through Patreon, patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you next week. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today. And a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.